Thank you for joining us for another episode of Wait What, the bi-wiki podcast in which I, Mortimer Langford, educate people on topics that they don't know about. And I have a guest on here that I don't think has been in an episode before. I have not. Yeah. I've been on the uh-oh a bunch of times. But... I was about to say, we have Cat Infamous from the uh-oh feeling. I'm the one with no... Um... Survival skills whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, that's my claim to fame, apparently. And cool. your roommate and Taylor are very much concerned about that. <laughs> Before we jump in, though, uh, yep. you know how sometimes you get the yeah, you, sometimes you get the uh, the podcast jitters. I had a mm-hmm. dream about this podcast and being on it, and I dreamt that you were trying like the subject mm-hmm. was lemmings, not like <laughs> not like the animal, but like the the, the video game with the the dudes with the oh, green hair. I missed that game. The entire time I was trying to sleep, I just kept thinking of you talking about lemmings. It was surreal. It, it is probably going to be another uh, season of American Horror Story. Um, so I'm going to need about ten minutes to uh, write a quick episode for no. this book. <laughs> I think we're good. <laughs> I have thought enough about lemmings that I actually care to, so we're, we're just going to nip that right in the bud there, buddy. No, no, I was making a joke that I wrote an episode about lemmings and had to now... Do something else. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, I'm not psychic. No. I hope. Um, it's it's not going to be about lemmings. Um, what, I, what I actually wanted to do today... So, Kat, you're Canadian. Yes, and this is like the one thing that I think everybody knows and will constantly yeah. bring up. <laughs> and so, the, the thing with Canada, or as I like to call it, America's hat... Is it's it's very similar to us, but it's also a little bit different. Yeah, because like we both, both of our countries like sports. We like football and baseball. You guys like hockey, and I, I guess if you count curling as a sport. Um, so I, I know that there are some <laughs> customs that are the same, but there are other customs that are a little bit different. I'm and li- I just wanted to make sure with this podcast that um i'm a little worried right now i am really worried right now i just i wanted to make sure you're comfortable because i know this is kind of a new thing uh so i i just wanted to focus a little bit on canada oh okay cool yeah our our uh, our home and native land right i'm still terrified we're, we're covering something that's a bit of a requirement for most canadians to know but i'm hoping that there's enough interesting stuff here that uh maybe you'll even learn something new uh, I will probably just be learning it from scratch. I, I'm not the most um, observant person, and that kind of bled through to my schoolwork. This leads back into the whole uh-oh feeling of yeah. being like, how are you still alive? All right, all right, hit me, hit me, all hit right. me, hit me. Fair enough. Canada, a country that loves its manners almost as much as it loves the first letter of the alphabet. Canada. God damn it. <laughs> Canada, or America Light was first colonized in the 1600s by France, back when they were actually badasses. It became a vital part of the French Empire, full of ample resources for the fur trade. Over time, England's interest in the nation would peak, causing conflict between the two nations over Canada, as England and France traded land back and forth between wars. Are you just laying down 
Canadian history right I'm now? Setting the foundation. Okay, okay I'm sorry to interrupt. To no, no, no. <laughs> totally fine. Like I said, it's all about making you comfortable. Uh, it's doing the opposite, but continue because we have a podcast to record. <laughs> this is why Canada's population speaks two national languages. There are those who speak English, and there are those who speak funny. <laughs> this mix of cultures gives rise to many of the things that make Canada unique and interesting. Much like the United States, Canada is a melting pot of different ideas, beliefs, and cultures. And, also like the United States, Canada is a nation that likes to eat. Yes. Maple syrup, Canadian bacon, which is actually ham. It's nobody... Mm. Beer... And Putin. No, what? No, not the Russian president, Mort. Well, okay. <laughs> you might know it as Putin, but I was yeah, reading the proper that way. apparently is called Putin. No, that's the Russian president. We gotta go through this more and more. As a side note, nobody calls Canadian bacon Canadian bacon in Canada. Just a, just a quick FYI for you. What do they call it, ham? Ham! Back bacon. What it actually is. Is this is this whole that episode? Makes is me this feel better? Is this whole episode just gonna be me getting angry at you? <laughs> That's why I actually, for our listeners, <laughs> I did actually text Cat earlier this week that I said, "Okay, you're either going to be super stoked or super pissed off." So I don't know, but we're gonna find out. I mean, I'm still mildly terrified. I've never, I've never seen you really get angry, so we're <laughs> gonna discover something today. One of us is gonna learn something. But uh, for now, let's not worry about all that stuff about Canada. Instead, let's go to Belgium. Specifically... What? Specifically, 1600s Belgium. That's right. Learning about multiple countries in this. Where the fuck is this going? Can we swear swear in this podcast? Yeah, you can swear. Okay, where the fuck is this going? (laughs) You see, Belgians of the time enjoyed slicing fish into thin slices which they then fried and ate as a tasty snack. Okay. This worked well for almost every season except for one, winter. Because in winter, the temperature drops, and water, where the fish live, is often altered when the temperature reaches a certain level, specifically turning to ice. Yes, that does happen. Unfortunately, in the 1600s, they didn't have a lot of the fancy tools we have today, so it became difficult to fish through frozen water. So what were the Belgians going to do if they couldn't slice up fish into thin strips, fry them, and then enjoy them? Are we going to learn about ice fishing? Were they to eat something that wasn't cut into strips and fried? What a ridiculous notion. Where are we going with this? Instead, they decided to do what every good college student does. They decided to experiment until they found something they liked. (laughs) Belgian villagers cut potatoes into strips and fried them and quickly discovered that this starchy snack was a fine substitute. Are we just learning about french fries? When it comes to the name, there are many thoughts on the subject. I mean, the French, of course, claim that they invented the french fry, hence the name. However, other historians believe otherwise, because cutting food into strips is known in French as julienne. However, outside of the country, many refer to the practice as, quote, Frenching. Wh- where are you going with this? Add to that the fact that it's deep fried, and there you go. French fries. Uh, French fries spread over time. In France, it was common for carts to take all manner of foods, fry them in fat, and sell them, call them frits. Which was weird, because I thought that was actually a German Yeah, word, that but, sounds yeah. like a cat name, too. Like. This was common in the early 18th century. Thomas Jefferson, president, forefather, slave owner, 
visited France and enjoyed the food. He really liked his macaroni. Did you know that? Wait, what? Yeah, Thomas Jefferson was fucking obsessed with macaroni. Really? Yeah, the things you learn when you're a a fan of the Hamilton musical. He would, like, force feed all of his dinner guests to eat it, and they thought it was, like, fucking disgusting. Like, mac and cheese. I just know thanks to Straight the, up. I just know thanks to the dollop that some cheese making family donated a giant, giant cheese wheel that he tried to have consumed over the course of two parties and they still didn't <laughs> consume all of it. So they just stuffed it in the back of the pantry for Van Buren to deal with. Or wait, maybe that was Jackson. Hey, I'm gonna have to double check that. Yeah. We might have to cut that. That's awesome. That, Either way, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, Thomas Jefferson loved his mac and cheese, my dude. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh, after visiting France, he enjoyed the fries so much that he had it served in the White House once during a dinner, which he had called "potatoes in the French manner." Why has he got to be extra? <laughs> Jefferson, you so extra. Sadly, this alone was not enough to bring the French fry to the West. Some argue that this was done instead by soldiers in the First World War, who, while stationed in Belgium, fell in love with the pomfrets. Yeah, that's what it is. How, how, stuff like, stuff like hamburgers and stuff like French fries, they always confuse, how hard is it to figure out that if you slice a potato up and, and fry it, it's really yummy? Like, how come it took them only to, like, World War One, and everyone was like, oh, what if we do this? I mean, different regions have different diets, so the There's Belgians potatoes, do, but... like, everywhere you go, though, is my thing, like... I will say, as terrible as this might sound, I am surprised that the Irish didn't discover it first. Well, yeah, they got so many, they unless, got all the potatoes. Unless they never fried anything. Do they just boil shit? Is it, like, Britain? Because I know Britain just boils the shit out of stuff. Yeah... <laughs> Come on, I know you lived there for a no, while. No, I know. You that's can't why deny I'm like, that. Yeah, <laughs> that's absolutely what they did. Uh, many soldiers brought the food home. Some believe that since France was the French was the main language of Belgium, these American soldiers, as all Americans do, assumed that they were in fact French and called them French fries. Yet again, another origin created by refusal to fact check. I mean, I wasn't going to say it, so I'm glad you wrote that in your thing. Well, I mean, I know who we are. I, I, I love America. It's okay. <laughs> now, French fries sound unhealthy. So very, very unhealthy. A starchy lump fried up in boiling hot fat served, according to its place of origin, with a heaping portion of mayonnaise. Yum. Um, if you agree that mayonnaise is a terrible dipping sauce for fries, feel free to email us your agreement no. at waitwhat.dailygravy.com. No. Man- no. Mayonnaise and fries are fucking delicious, my dude. Have you tried it? Yes. It's good. It's yummy in your tummy. Well, you guys put again, ranch on everything. Then again, so. I also don't, well, I don't like ranch on stuff either. I knew a guy in high school that put ranch on his pizza. Yeah, you guys dip ranch on pizza. Yeah. That's Explain fucking that weird. Explain that to me. I can't. <laughs> I'm not from here either. Like maybe, maybe marinara sauce. Okay, I get that. Yeah, that makes more but sense. Garlic butter. Who, yeah, okay. Why Why would you put ranch on your pizza, Ra- Sean? Ranch is for salad, Sean. I, think, I, think we should I don't know on. if I'm allowed to use his actual first name, but I'm not using his last name, so whatever. You don't know who it is. Sean's a common name. We're good. We're good. 
If you believe that milkshake is a better dip sauce, then you can feel free to go to hell. Only that, if it's Wendy's. Uh, Only if it's Wendy's. I will Spots have to ask you Wendy's. after this episode where that came from. Because Chocolate I Frosties, my dude. Sophie did that one time, and I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, it's good. And I'm like, separately. Did you yes. try it? No! Then don't knock it! Ugh. We're already shouting so much. <laughs> it would take something very powerful to out unhealthy such a snack as french fries. Could anyone come up with something worse for you? Well, non-Wisconsinites, hold my beer. You're going to learn something today. Oh, is this pretend? The creation of dairy food is an interesting process. First, you need a cow. Then, you let that cow get fucked, preferably by a male cow or bull. I don't know how to respond to that sentence. You let that cow get pregnant, you wait until that cow gives birth, then you take the calf away, because agriculture is a horrible nightmare. Okay. Congratulations, you now have a cow that can be milked. I don't know if you guys... Just as a side note to all you beautiful, beautiful listeners, uh, every single time Mort pauses like that, he will look up to whoever he's talking about with this look of smug satisfaction on his face and a mischievous twinkle in his eye. It's really weird. Education is interesting and also sometimes painful. (laughs) And I feed on that. I would say I'm sorry, but you're listening to this, so obviously you're okay with it. Yeah, this is your... How... how, how we're 19 episodes in. You know what you're expecting here, I feel. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, you walked in knowing it was just going to be not more. listen to Kate's episode about... I refer to it as the Dr. Scholl's episode for horrible reasons, and you're, you're probably going to hate me once you listen to that episode. Anyways, so now you have a cow that can be milked. Yeah, and some french fries. Thanks, Belgium. Said milk is then processed until it becomes cheese. In most cases, cheese is left for around 60 days, the time required to settle and harden into the dairy product that we all know and enjoy. Unless it's craft, that shit ain't real. However, when harvested before that time period, farmers discovered that the product is equally edible, if not even better. And this was the creation of the beloved cheese curd. Yes! Yes, Cheese curds, the Midwestern treat. Recommend to be consumed as soon as possible, lest it go bad. Yeah, you guys deep fry it here. Yes, I, we do. I had never heard about that. And I did the same thing that you did when uh, you were talking about French fries and Frosties. I was like, why would you Why would you do that? You just eat them plain. They're because so good. Because America. And no, here's the thing. I tried it, and all doubt was just erased from my mind. And I cannot get enough of Dairy Queen cheese curds. I mean, that shit is dope. Don't get me wrong. I like them either way. But, yeah. No, that was not a play on words. <laughs> To determine the freshness of your curd, simply bite down. The louder the squeak, the fresher it is. Uh, Freshness is vital. Cheese curds can go bad quickly, which can actually lead to a variety of stomach problems, which I did not know that. Neither did I, and think it makes sense now. Yeah, that's why it's important (laughs) to refrigerate your cheese curds. Listeners, if you learn one thing from this episode refrigerate your cheese curds some sometimes they do sometimes they don't like i'm thinking the corner store we used to get cheese curds they were like like back 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 when i lived in kingston mm-hmm. uh they they were just kind of out which is probably a fucking bad thing that back on it that might actually be because many i know you're saying kingston but uh, many wisconsin cheese factories will actually create curds daily in order to meet the demand 
It's actually said that cheese curds were an accidental discovery, but scientists were impressed by the food when, upon feeding it to rats, said rats were energized and were even capable of drinking beer after consuming it. Side note, side note, hang on, hang on, time out, time out, time out. I mean, I know the whole rats love cheese shit, but I'm just picturing a scientist shoving a handful of cheese curds at the rats and immediately after going, yo, bro. Want to see something cool? Cake stand, rat. Yeah, cake yeah, stand. yeah. Cake stand. <laughs> no, like that. I couldn't find further information on that, and it has nothing to do with nothing. I just read that. No. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, you could do no. an entire episode it, on it that. It came alone. up in my research. It's amazing. Cake stand rats. While Wisconsin is regarded as the number one place for cheese curds, other locations around the world serve the delicacy to this day. One such restaurant that picked up on the cheese curd trend is a restaurant called La Diel. I'm assuming that's how it pronounces. If you want to correct me I on my know. French, feel free to send an email to waitwhat.dailygravy at gmail.com. Can you spell it? So I can um, go ahead and block it. It's <laughs> L apostrophe ideal. So I'm assuming La Diel. Or Close as enough. it was later named Le Lutin Cuirit. Translating to the laughing elf. So that's what we're going to call it now. <laughs> In 1957, a patron visited the restaurant located in Warwick, Quebec. Ooh, you're pronouncing it right. Yeah, I. No, nice. No, good. I've been to Warwick, England, so I should know better. However, this customer was in a rush. Perhaps he had a hockey game to go to. Maybe had a debate in half an hour over whether or not curling is a sport. Wow. I'm feeling personally attacked right now. (laughs) To this day, the answer might be a mystery. I say might because I didn't spend more than five minutes. Wasn't he a truck driver? I think I've heard heard this. Oh, I looked too deeply. I think he was a truck driver. Then he had to um, hurry up because he had to deliver a huge shipment of hockey sticks. God damn it. (laughs) At any rate, this hungry hustler was in a rush. Therefore, he knew what he wanted, so he ordered it fast. He asked the owner, Fernard Lachance, to throw his cheese curds into the same bag as his beloved pomfrets. <laughs> Upon doing so, the chef looked at the miracle he had accidentally crafted and remarked, Sava va faire un maudite Putin. For those... I, no, 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 no. Can I see that? Yeah. I just, I want to see that pronunciation and then just correct you on it. Where is it? Uh, right here. Ça va faire maudite putin. There we go. That's for you. <laughs> for those who speak English, that roughly translates to, that's going to make a dreadful mess. And thus, the biggest piece of the Canadian food pyramid was created. You can get it at McDonald's. Yeah, I actually put that in here. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The most American food in Canada was created because some guy in the 50s was in a hurry. Now, there's probably some listeners at home right now. They're like, oh, there's not poutine. <sighs> Fine. Shut up. Well, it's got to come into play later. That's a big-ass p- uh, pile of files you just kind of shoved my way. Yeah. In <laughs> 1964... Some guy in Drummondville, Quebec, named Jean-Paul Roy, noticed that people visiting his restaurant, named Le Roy Giuseppe, were ordering cheese curds to toss into his fries and gravy dish, and decided to cash in that golden goose by offering up the dish on his own menu. The dish caught on quickly, with many variants in the recipe appearing in different regions. Eventually, like all good things in other countries, the idea would be stolen and imported to the United States. (laughs) where it has 
unsurprisingly, Wait. seen a lot of favor by people who like to try new things to clog their you can, arteries. You can get poutine here? Yeah. Where? Well, okay, it's not- No, where? Yeah, you, like, I actually had some at Buffalo Wild Wings. What? It's not authentic. It's like their own bastardized version, because that's what we do. Eh, but, yeah. It can, still counts. Yeah, it actually first showed up in the U.S. in New Jersey, of all places. It kind of makes sense. Right? It's Jersey. <laughs> right. A 2,000-pound variant of poutine is what? in the Guinness Book of World Records. And beat the previous record holder by 800 pounds. I want to eat all of it. (laughs) (laughs) There's a Jones Soda flavored after it. And it is listed in the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation's Top 10 Canadian Inventions. It's in the Oxford Dictionary. And as Kat said, McDonald's and Burger King sells it. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Americans, not here. Honestly, McDonald's poutine is pretty good. Like all good junk food... Poutine it has seen a lot of alterations to the recipe over the years. There's duck poutine. There's poutine pizza. Poutine baked potatoes, which seems redundant. But what <laughs> that does seem redundant. Put- poutine. Would you, like, would you like French fries on your otherwise I saw a potato? Picture. It, I saw a picture. It's, it's literally they carved out a thing in the center of the potato so, and shoved in fries, curds, and gravy. That's amazing and makes no sense. Yeah. That's all I wanted. It's it's terrible, but I was like, I'd eat that. I would. (laughs) There's poutine burritos. There's Russian President Vladimir Putin. There's poutine monkey bread. While researching this topic, I actually found a man on the website Vice who decided to make everything in his week poutine. Good for him. Uh, Every day for an entire week. He made a poutine smoothie. He made a dessert poutine. He drank Coffee poutine every what? day for a what? whole week. What is coffee poutine? He took his coffee and he put poutine in it. Like and he drank it straight up. Like okay, here's French fries, fries curds, gravy, and gravy. Curds, but and it tasted horrible according to him. Yeah, that that does not sound good. My favorite poutine that he made was tactical poutine. <laughs> he made a baggie of French fries as his flak jacket and created gravy and cheese paintballs, <laughs> which he had his friend shoot at him. What the fuck? It was beautiful. That's, is there is there I, video evidence yes, of this shit? Yes, I can show you the video after this. I he's got He's got waltz from cheese and gravy <laughs> paintballs, and then he eats the fries out of the bag. That's the greatest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Yes, the devil's potpourri has seen a lot of alterations <laughs> and bastardization in the 50 to 60 years that it has existed, and we can only hope to see another 50 to 60 more. As Canada's loving neighbor, we salute our poutine lovers yeah, and embrace their dangerous, health, um, unhealthy lifestyle shattering ways. Um, or healthy lifestyle shattering ways, goddammit. For I, I wrote this can, like yeah, really you, late at night, so <laughs> and I was drinking as I was. So. As you do, as you do. Mostly because we're happy to have anything that distracts us from the fact that Canadians still don't understand the difference between ham and bacon. Fuck you. Um, side note, uh, yeah. the only proper way to eat poutine, and I, I will throw down with people, I will fight people on this. Do you, you guys know what chip wagons are, right? No. Like, I know you have them. I don't know what they're called here. Uh, food trucks. Food trucks. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Food trucks. We can get, like, fries and stuff. Sorry. Um, yeah, they're called food trucks. The only proper way to eat poutine, if you're our age, 
is you get super, super hammered, and then you go to a food truck or a chip wagon, and you get poots in there, and you just eat it out of a styrofoam cup. It's the only way to do it. Now, all of this fancy shit, like, yeah, I mean, it tastes good, sure, but it's not poutine. Real poutine is, like, the disgusting mess of garbage I just think that you eat and feel bad about eating, but you can't stop anyway. I just think it's funny, because the first website that I looked up for research was, like, when you're hammered on a Saturday night in yeah. Montreal, you are hard-pressed to go a corner that you don't see yeah. some poor, unfortunate schmuck shoveling Putin yeah. into his face. You do two things in Ottawa. <laughs> shawarma or Putin. Ah, <laughs> oh, shawarma would have been a good episode, too. So, yeah. Yeah, no. Like I said, the only one that I've ever had was Buffalo Wild Wings version, which was basically, it was fries and curds and gravy, and of course breaded chicken because buffalo wild wings i mean like it's not real poutine but i mean honestly it still sounds delicious it, it seems to be one of those foods to me that yeah. as long as you have the main three ingredients you, it doesn't yeah. matter it's yeah 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 no um i also think canada just has a problem with putting gravy on everything or just french canada or where i grew up yeah because we'll just smother we'll just no if it's if it's starch anything it's time for the gravy boat like i mean was wisconsin's the same way with cheese and, and america as a whole is the same way with ketchup so i mean and then in england it's vinegar and yeah Russia, but chips and chips <laughs> chips and malt vinegar is super dope though well yeah no like don't get me wrong i wish that we had more options for salt and vinegar chips here um because most places that do it are like what if we drown it in vinegar and then it's got to be the right the vinegar. salt and it's like, like no you can't just you can't just drown it in apple vinegar like there's there's a science to it there's a formula to it don't make me a food nerd. God I feel, damn it. I feel like you, because you, correct me if I'm wrong, you lived, it, you lived overseas in London for a while, right? Well, I mean, not in London, but in England. Well, yeah. in England. I just, I feel like as as Commonwealth people, we, we totally just bonded over how wrong America gets everything. Yeah. Sorry, but <laughs> did you really need to make Murder on the Orient Express? Fucking no. No, I liked that movie. Fuck you. Have you seen the David Suchet one? No, but listen to me okay. very, very carefully. This is why I love it. Uh, you may need to cut this out. It's yeah. very opinionated. Doesn't matter. The whole... It's spoilers. The whole point of that movie is that every single person on that train gets together to murder Do Johnny Depp. And Kenneth Branagh well, okay. just lets him get away with it. And if that's not the coolest shit and most relatable shit you've ever heard in your life, I don't know what is. Well, okay... I could understand that, but <laughs> if the cast was different, like, I'm, I'm sorry, but we don't need to remake s so many things. Like Listen, every it's movie, either that or another Spider-Man. I don't know what to tell you. Every movie doesn't need to be a remake. Every movie doesn't need to be a reboot. Like, there's plenty of Poirot stories that have not been turned into movies, and you can create interesting new detectives. Like, we don't have to remake something that already has a good movie. The Let David Sherlock die. was a good movie. Let Sherlock die. Yeah, like, I like the BBC it's current what Arthur, run of Sherlock. It's what Arthur Conan Doyle still, would have wanted. No, like, no, 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 no. Sherlock, no. It's the, it's the first two seasons of Sherlock were super fucking good. 
Well, no, that's what I'm saying is that. And then the I, third I one like, was a fever dream. I like the David Cumberbatch Sherlock series. The what? But David Cumberbatch. Benedict. Benedict Cumberbatch. I like the Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock series, but I still think that they could have made another show that was original, make Benedict the lead, and it would still have been good. Probably. God damn it. See, you thought this was going to end with you being angry, and apparently no, it's just me being angry. <laughs> just... Yeah. How the turntables, Mortimer Langford. <sighs> How the turntables. Uh, eat the tin. That's the lesson of this podcast. Eat it, even if it sounds disgusting, try it. If it sounds disgusting and you can't do it, get drunk, then try it. It is fucking delicious, my dudes. And if you're lactose intolerant, get extra drunk and then try it. Yeah, I mean, either way, you're going to be pooping. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, Sorry, should I have said that? <laughs> no, that's totally fine. So, yeah. Eventually, you're going to be pooping. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. (laughs) Wait What is a Daily Gravy production. Our intro and outro music is provided by the song 1550 by Ronald Jenkins off of the album Disorganized Fun, which can be purchased at ronaldjenkins.com. For more podcasts, articles, and stories, please visit thedailygravy.com and while you're at it, subscribe and review us on iTunes. That would be pretty awesome. Thanks. Hey. Hey. Have you ever had a weird feeling about someone, like in the pit of your stomach? Or maybe the hair on the back of your neck stood up? Would you maybe call that an uh uh-oh feeling? Oh, shit. (gasps) Well, then do we have a podcast for you. The Uh uh-oh feeling explores survival stories from people trusting their guts in a variety of situations, from serial killers to natural disasters to bears. But what about lions and tigers, though? No, fuck them. All right, then. Join us as we remind ourselves that the world isn't complete and total shit all the time. Sometimes. Occasionally. Every so often. Almost never. The The Uh Uh-Oh Feeling! On the Daily Gravy Network. With new episodes every other Friday.